Welcome to You're the Boss, a mantra for anyone who's ever had to face their own fears, struggles, and even failures. Join host Larry Roberts for a deep dive into overcoming limiting beliefs and identifying where our pasts can shape us rather than define us to build a lifestyle and business filled with passion and purposeful leadership. Now your host, Larry Roberts. Steve Cesari is an engaging, experienced, and multi-talented guest. He's been a trusted advisor to entrepreneurs and nonprofits for over 40 years. He's had a business ranked by Inc. Magazine as one of the fastest growing privately held companies in the U.S. and was nominated by Inc. Magazine as Entrepreneur of the Year. But a year later, he broke a new record. He had one of the fastest shrinking companies. Steve learned through these experiences that the most important things in life are the things that money cannot buy. He's been equipping entrepreneurs since 1995 to integrate their personal and professional lives by focusing on what he calls the 6F model. Faith plus family plus friends plus finance and plus fitness equals fulfillment. Steve, welcome to the podcast, man. Thank you very much and uh, happy new year. I hope you're off to a great start in 2022. Yeah, man. Lots of exciting opportunities out there for everybody. There most definitely are. We were chatting a little bit before we actually hit that record button. And it, it's 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 interesting to see, you know, it's we're only in the, this is the 14th of January. So when you listen to this, it's going to be a little bit later in the year. But here we are two weeks in to, to the year. And already things are shaping up to be pretty amazing. So give me some insight into that, man. I'm finding a lot of fulfillment right out of the gate. How can others do the same thing? Yeah, well, well, again, uh, I, I'd like to kind of go back and 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 start how I got to uh, really focusing on the fulfillment aspect of it. Cool. And uh, you know, part of that was through starting a company with my brother uh, called Trillium Health Products. We marketed a product called the Juice Man Juicer, and literally took a fifty thousand dollar home equity line of credit. And three years later, we had a hundred million dollar business. Uh, you know, as the bio said, uh, you know, we were one of the fastest growing privately held uh, companies in the U.S. by Inc. Magazine standards. And in that same year, I was uh, nominated for Entrepreneur of the Year. All these accolades, all this stuff, all of the, you know, financial things on the cover of Inc. Magazine, Fortune Magazine, uh, customers flying their corporate jets from New York out to Seattle uh, to fly us back to try to get more product and schmooze with us. And and literally uh, a year later, we're, we're in the process of selling the company and, and there's this big glut in the marketplace and everything just stops. I mean, like as fast as it came, it just stopped. It's, it's literally a Harvard case study and have talked to many universities about it. But what I learned was through this process you know, when the newspaper stopped calling, when the jet stopped coming from the, the East Coast, what I learned was that the most important things in life are the things that money can't buy. And literally all of the public accolades went away. All of the, the, the surface people and friends and, and people that want to rub up against success went away. And what I was left with was my faith, my family and my inner circle of friends. And it was the most important thing to me. And so, uh, you know, what I have done and tried to focus uh, my life on, I'm still a businessman. I love business, but working with a select group of individuals to really help them find uh, fulfillment and joy in their life. And what I'm finding is uh, even the most successful people 
uh, people worth 20, 30, $40 million, uh, literally having a conversation like you and I and interviewing a, a, a gentleman about working with me. And he's talking to me about his seven digit income and his, uh, you know, $40 million net worth. And I'm like, what the heck do you need me for? And he literally, he gets quiet and he looks at me and he says, Steve, I have no joy in my life. And I'm like, what a sad place to be. But there's so many people like that, that, you know, chase this dream their whole life. And what I found is that for the most part, they sacrifice all these other things along the way, whether it's a relationship, whether it's their health, uh, lots of different things. And again, I'm a firm believer, and I wrote this in my book, Clarity, that in some way, shape or form, we're all adult children of dysfunctional families. And, you know, we all carry this junk with us. And literally what I do when I work with people is really try to understand where they came from, how they're wired, and then work on that 5F model that you talked about. You know, faith plus family plus friends plus finance plus fitness really equals fulfillment in life. And what I find is if any one of those aspects is lacking, you're not going to be as fulfilled as you should be and could be with the gifts that, you know, you were put here on earth to, to utilize. So, uh, you know, that's what I'm finding. And coming into 2022, uh, again, that's where I like to spend my time is working with people that I believe are going to have impact and influence and help them kind of unlock that potential that every one of us have has inside of us. And again, I don't mean that from a, you know, magic uh, 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 quote standpoint. I don't mean that from walking across the coals and no offense to Tony Robbins, but I like to work one-on-one with people to really help them be the best and achieve the best at home, at work in the, and, and in the community. And so it's not just about making money. It's about making a difference that I find really adds to people being fulfilled in life. I think we're seeing these types of emotions more so now than we have previously, or at least they're being publicized more than we have in recent years. You know, we've got that, uh, the whole, what do they call it? The great resignation that we're going through right now. Uh, people are, are starting to realize that living that cubicle life is, is, is not something that they're really striving for anymore. And I think now people are being empowered to step away from that life. I mean, we, we, we've seen movie. I mean, if you take office space, for instance, that movie came out, I don't know, a decade or so, probably more ago. Uh, and, and that was a great parody on office life, but nowadays people aren't just parodying it anymore. They're leaving it. So what's your take on that? Well, well, I'm actually, you know, sitting here in Atlanta, Georgia, in a place called Rome. And it's a collaboration place. I don't have an office. Okay. Uh, I, I don't have, it, it's so different. When I had my juicing business, Larry, I had 250 people working for me at a $4 million payroll, had a 20,000 square foot office and a hundred thousand square foot warehouse. Again, I'm, I'm not the millennial leading the charge, but this is the way our world has evolved is, is, is that people just don't like working under that corporate structure anymore. I knew I was going to have to be an entrepreneur because I got fired from my first three jobs. I just couldn't work for anybody else. So I knew I had to come out and do those things. And and and, and if I was going to succeed, I was going to see, succeed on my own. So, yeah, I think there's this movement going on out there. I think, again, COVID probably made people slow down and reflect more. And I think is actually creating some habits and things that some are really good for us. Uh, and again, I'm a firm believer that in any environment, good economies, bad economies, there's always an opportunity for everybody out there. 
And, 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 and again, one of my favorite sayings from John Wooden's is, don't let what you can't do stop you from doing what you can do. And everybody talks about, you know, well, gosh, I can't do this. Well, I can't meet in person. We have to do. I didn't know what Zoom was before COVID. Okay. <laughs> Old school. I, you know, I, I'm not a technology guy. And and now we live in, you know, here we are, you and I are interacting. And, and, and again, it's very simple. And, and what I tell clients and, and, and what I really believe the mantra is adapt or die. Times are always going to change. Technology is going to change. Uh, and if you don't adapt, it's going to leave you behind. My only caveat is that I really believe that you got to take the good of the other things that we've learned along the way and bring them with you. Uh, for example, what I'm finding is that, you know, we're the most connected society in the history of America uh, through the social media, through Facebook, through all these other things. And yet our millennial generation is the most isolated. They're the most depressed and the high rate of suicide is higher than at any other time. So, you know, again, just because it's legal, moral and ethical doesn't always mean it's the best thing for us. And I think that's what real people really need is a filter to discern, you know, how much of all these different things that are being thrown at us is really good for my personal development and my growth. And how do I be the best version of myself when everybody's putting up these false images on Instagram, on the news, you know, no matter where you look, whether it's on the political front, and I don't care what side of the equation you're on, it is the most toxic environment I think that we've ever lived in. And so the question is, how do you and I focus on what we can do individually and collectively to make the world a better place, to bring more unity, to uh, you know, stop this division that everybody is trying to rip the other person apart to better themselves when you and I know if we help each other, if we leverage our relationships, if we focus on creating a clear picture of what it is we want to accomplish and don't make excuses why we can't do it, then we go out there and make it happen. That and, and, and again, I know that's probably uncomfortable for some people to hear, but that's what I'm finding is really creating fulfillment for people is, 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 is to make the best of the opportunity, regardless of what else is happening out there politically or in the media or otherwise. I mean, what do you see? What do you see on your side of the? You brought up a couple of cool points, and, and you mentioned millennials a couple of times as well. So it, it leads me to, to ask the question of, do you think this is a generational issue? I mean, because if we, we were to talk to the millennials, and believe me, I try. I've got my little fancy red hat on and my goofy glasses, and I'm sitting here trying to trying to look like I'm still 25 when I'm hitting 50 this year. But uh, they're going to look at me and go, okay, boomer. I mean, that's what we're going to hear if, if we're trying to get this message out to that generation. So do you, do you think that there's just that generation gap there that we're dealing with? And maybe maybe you and I need to change our perspective. Well, well, again, I, I am I am a real big advocate of of being more curious and less judgmental. Uh, I'm actually uh, on the board of a nonprofit starting here in Atlanta called the Adla uh, uh, Atlanta Collaborative District. And the whole goal is to break down the silos, racial, social, economic, uh, religious. Uh, and I've talked to more millennial black women, Asian people and Hispanics and understanding what life is like from their perspective. And I'm a 67 year old, uh, you know, white dude brought up in a middle class family. Uh, never thought I had a racial bone in my body, have lots of black friends I played sports with and literally 
we still don't grasp and understand how people are treated or perceived in the world. And so, you know, to me, you know, you're either part of the solution or you're part of the problem. There's no middle ground. And I thought just because I wasn't a racist, I wasn't thinking about this. And so here's what I think. It's not just that you and I have to change. It's that we have to reach out across those different silos that are out there. And again, be more curious and less judgmental. And and, and when it comes down to it, everybody, no matter what age bracket they're in, have the same basic needs that people have needed for thousands of years. And, and, and if we stop the rhetoric and start reaching across racial lines and start reaching across socioeconomic lines, it's amazing that the people are so much more the same and like you and me, and they just want to be acknowledged. They want to be heard. They want to be given equal opportunity. They want to be given equal justice. And so, again, we can complain about it. We can turn on the news and listen to everybody create toxic environments, or we can be part of the solution and go out there and try to you know, cross those divides. And that's what I've chosen to do. And that's what I try to teach people that work with me. Uh, and that's where I'm finding my fulfillment, being curious, being less judgmental and trying to be a unifier and not a divider, regardless of what the issues are and not waiting for somebody up in Washington DC to tell me what we have to do in order to make it work. Cause they're never going to figure that out. Does that make sense? Totally. It makes a hundred percent sense. And I, and I'm seeing that as well, you know, being in the creator space and having been in this space now for about seven years, I, I see that same, same type of desire that is it's multicultural it doesn't matter when we all come together as creators in a in a, in a in a safe space if you want to use that term where we're all exchanging ideas that interactivity that supportive movement that you're discussing that happens i mean that, that's that's not a fallacy it's not some fantasy story now it's the direct opposite of what we hear in mainstream media it's the direct opposite of what we see if we were to go to, I don't know, pickyournewswebsite.com and go check it out. You're going to see the exact opposite. And as you mentioned, it doesn't matter which side of the political spectrum you're on or any of that nonsense. There is no gray. There is no balance. There is no meeting in the middle. And that is absolutely so critical, not just to interacting for, on a day-to-day -day basis, but communicating in general. You know, we can't even communicate if we don't have that ability to have that open dialogue without the fear of retribution or without the fear of, uh, uh, I don't want to say offending, because we definitely always want to make sure that we're not offending anyone, which is open for debate there as to where that line is drawn. But we, we have to be able to come together and have these open-ended discussions and have healthy, respectful debate. And I, I've seen it time and time again where respectful debate it's not allowed to happen. It's not allowed to, to breed. It's, it instantly turns into a right or a wrong, or, and no one on either side is really listening to the other party. They're waiting for that opportunity to jump in and interject and either prove what they're saying is wrong or re, the, the other person or reinforce their own take on the particular issue. That's not communicating. That's, that's fighting. Yeah, well, well, it is. And, and again, uh, from a political perspective, no matter uh, what side you're on, if you decide to do something, you, you piss off half the country. So, uh, you know, it, it, it's again, to me, um, you know, somebody taught me a long time ago that my response is my responsibility. And, and so I'm trying to do and pick up and do what I can individually and collectively with my network and resources 
to try to impact people, create the next generation of, of leaders uh, that are going to have, uh, you know, values and be people that uh, get stuff done that is going to be consistent with bringing us together and not moving us apart. So, you know, again, I'm here in the city of Atlanta. When I moved here, it was 1.6 million. It's almost 7 million people now. Wow. And, and again, you know, the conversation has always been black and white in Atlanta, but we're bringing in the Hispanic community. We're bringing in the Asian community. We had a Zoom call yesterday and and we had an, uh, uh, an Asian pastor on and basically said, he almost started crying. He said, nobody's ever included us in this type of a conversation before. So, you know, we're dealing with social uh, uh, social justice. We're doing dealing with economic empowerment. But again, to me, it's not talking about it. What I like to do is help people to uh, create a plan uh, and a strategy and then help them and hold them accountable and encourage them or kick them in the butt to go out and make it happen. And so I've decided to use whatever time I got left to work with a, a select group of people. And again, I work off those uh, five F's, faith, family, friends, finance, fitness, and again, bringing it towards that uh, that greater goal of finding fulfillment in life to understand how you're uniquely wired to use your gifts and talents to make the world a better place when we leave it than we were when we came into it. So uh, again, I, if you can't tell, I'm pretty passionate about this stuff. Uh, I, I'm not really concerned about working with you know, thousands of people, or I I love speaking. I speak in front of uh, three, four, 5,000 people, but you know, Jesus changed the world working with 12 guys. And if I can find the right 12, and and again, to me, it's not just guys, uh, women. I have several women clients also. Uh, I, I, I feel like I will have done my part to try to make the world a better place, create economic opportunity, uh, uh, have some better understanding of social justice. Uh, and, and, and again, instead of waiting for those things to change, you know, over time or by whatever judges sitting on the Supreme court, we can take responsibility and do something right where we are, uh, where we live, no matter what city, uh, you know, you live in. And, and, and that's kind of what my message is and what I'm trying to do with whatever time I got left here on this planet. Tell me more about what that looks like in working with you. You're saying if you could find 12 individuals uh, that could make an impact, what is that? What are you looking for there? And what does that mean to the individual that you're looking for? Help me understand that a, a bit more. Well, right now I'm working with an ex-professional baseball player uh, who's in his mid-30s and has a great uh, value, uh, uh, high integrity. I, I look for you know leadership potential and find kind of diamonds into rough. And then what I will do is I will work with them personally one-on-one and introduce them to my network of resources that probably they otherwise wouldn't have access to, uh, the right people, the right opportunities to help them, again, fulfill their dreams of whatever it is they're trying to become. This particular gentleman is trying to build a commercial real estate business. So I'm helping introduce him to the right people again we all have what I call natural talent. And then what I do is try to help them identify what acquired skills and knowledge they need to have in order to become an expert at good at what they're doing. And then the third component of that is mental discipline. You know, how do you take, how do you take what you've learned? How do you focus on it? And when you take that natural talent plus acquired skills and knowledge times mental discipline, 
that equals your personal performance potential. And so what I try to do is accelerate that process for a select group of people by exposing them, uh, you know, besides myself, to other successful people, uh, to other people that can teach them about social justice, to other people that can help them understand how they're supposed to use their gifts and talents. And then again, I'm all about making money but they also have to be 100% open to making a difference. So I'll teach them how to, you know, build whatever business they're trying to create. I have another gentleman, you'll love this. I just had lunch with the former drummer uh, for 13 years for earth, wind and fire. Okay. Okay. And, and I mean, I'm, I'm a big earth, wind and fire fan and, and, and literally, you know, he's looking, how can I take all these things I've experienced and create my own brand. You talked about rebranding yourself. And, and so again, he's a really, you know, again, I'm a Christian. Uh, uh, but again, when I say faith, I embrace, you know, whatever people believe again, being more curious, less judgmental. Uh, and, and, and so he has a lot of the same integrity traits. Uh, he has a lot of the same qualities of having accomplished a lot of things. And now he just wants to know how can I package those and bring those out there? And so I work on the faith, family, friends, finance, fitness, uh, help them figure out a game plan for all of those things. And then again, because of my business background, I'm pretty good on marketing and strategy. Uh, we've actually done between my brother and I over $4 billion direct to consumer uh, in, 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 in consumer product, direct to consumer products. We did, you know, you talked about liking uh, uh, boxers. Uh, we actually did the George Foreman grill. We did Sonic Care toothbrush, OxyClean. Uh, my brother did the GoPro camera. Again, great products, great people. And we just kind of brought our marketing matrix in and dropped it on top to help bring it to a broader audience. So uh, again, I take all those skill sets and try to work them into the right people to help them grow personally and professionally again, so they can have in, uh, impact and influence. Does that make sense? No, that's amazing. And is, yeah. is that a mentorship program that you have, or is this just something that a mission that you have? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, uh, uh, again, I'm not cheap. I mean, people, you know, somebody told me a long time ago, you, you can tell them what you know, or you can sell them what you know. Uh, so I, you know, I work and engage people and they pay me for my services, but I will take probably one a quarter. I will mentor somebody. And i give you another example. We just met another young man uh, from uh, um, Hispanic descent. And, and again, all of the, the raw ingredients are there. He's probably mid twenties. And we're getting ready to make him the executive director of another uh, nonprofit that we started called Purpose on Tap, helping young millennials find their purpose uh, 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 through bringing speakers in and talking through, you know, how other people have gone through it. And so this young man is a diamond in the rough. And so literally we're going to take him with this other nonprofit that I'm involved with, that's equipping the next generation of leaders and expose him to resources and people. He can't afford me, but I'm going to work with him and uh, uh, introduce him to other people who again, will provide resources to him that he otherwise would not be aware of to help him be the best and achieve the best at home at work and in the community. So some of it is pro bono. Some of it is mentoring. I'd say probably 60% of my stuff if people can afford me, uh, I'm charging them, you know, to, to work with me. Uh, but again, their outcomes are more geared to finding fulfillment in life. 
Uh, and again, if it's if it's helping build business, uh, all the business strategy and background that I have is in there to allow that to happen. So it's pretty cool. It's like I have this big toolbox and I'll pull out the specific tool that people need. I don't try to dump the whole load on everybody. I try to understand where they are and how I can best help them get to where they need to be. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. So, and I'm assuming that throughout this process, we focus in on the six F's. We fit, we focus on the six F's. And, and again, I, I won't work with people that don't do their homework, that don't respond. Uh, I, again, my time is valuable like yours is. So I really try to do my due diligence up front and work with people again, that I really believe can be good students and can learn. And as somebody told me, Hey, I literally just had a client right before you that met with me the first time. I'm hoping that my work with you will help me avoid the mistakes that you made so that, you know, again, I, I'm a firm believer that we, you know, a mistake isn't a mistake. If you learn from it, it's part of the process again in wisdom. And, and again, but you know, he's paying me to help him accelerate his progress to get where he wants to be. And, and, and again, um, he was referred by a dear friend of mine. So I, I probably have half my guys I'm working with now that are 35 and under. So I'm really, I'm not going to tell you why I understand technology and social and all the way they, but I really understand how these, people, guys are wired, what they're looking for, what they're lacking. And, and again, can try to take my wisdom from my experience and transfer it over to them and then hold them accountable, introduce them to other people and have them be the next person that's going to save a community, save a city, you know, come out and, and, and be the difference that they want to see in other people. And, and, and it's all about walking the talk and not just getting out and getting pissed off and yelling, you know, through social media or whatever about how bad things are. Go out and make a difference right where you are and don't let what you can't do stop you from doing what you can do. So, I, I mean, that's my main message. And then, uh, you know, again, I just always look for that diamond in the rough that I can work with. That's going to be that next generation leader to make this stuff happen. I love the message. I love the concepts. I love the six F's. If there was one thing that you could leave the audience with before we wrap up the podcast here, what would be one action item that they could take that would contribute most to the five F's that lead to the fulfillment? What's one thing they could do today? Well, it's the first thing I do with, with everybody. And, and again, I, I, I did a program with a, a, a former partner, a New York Times bestselling author, Tommy Newberry, uh, called Success is Not an Accident, The Secrets to the Top 1%. And one of the things we do throughout the presentation is say, write it down, make it happen. Write it down, make it happen. The average person has 64,000 thoughts a day. And for guys, it's even worse because 60,000 of those are about the same thing. That's a whole nother topic. Uh, so, so basically the most important thing you can do is, is what I have found is that when we put things, let them float around in our head, the things that are bad seem worse in our head. The things that are good, uh, you know, we, 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 we kind of minimize, write it down, make it happen, sit down and come up with a plan Take one thing you want to accomplish, not a resolution, not a resolution because resolutions don't work. Write a goal. If it's a fitness goal, say, I, you know, I weigh 186 pounds uh, and my body fat is 20% or less by December 31st, 2022. And then what is the very first action step you need to take to do that? Call a trainer, call a nutritionist, 
uh, start working out. So again, long story short, get it out of your head, write it down on paper. Uh, less than you know, one percent of the population have really clearly defined written goals in all areas of life, and then write down the very first action step you're going to do. Who are you going to call? What are you going to do? What action step are you going to take? Nothing happens in life till you take action. And again, my favorite saying: uh, <laughs> "Done is better than perfect." Uh, Harry Truman said, you know, imperfect action is always better than perfect inaction. Do something, make a phone call, get up off the couch and just make it happen. Nobody can make you make it happen except for yourself. Get up and do it. Write it down, make it happen, take action. Most definitely. I love the fact that you're reinforcing that a good friend of mine, Chris Kremitzos, wrote a book called Start Ugly. And the whole point there, man, it's just start. It's it's don't get that that perfection paralysis. Don't let that set in and stop you from taking action. It's so critical to make those initial moves. Yeah, it was it was thirty two degrees the other day. It was pouring rain outside. I got up to go work out, uh, which I usually do outside, and it was like. Oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And again, don't let what you can't do stop you from doing what you can do. I live in a 20 story condo. I walked the 20 stories three times. Again, I was winded, but it's like, you know, find the next best thing. If you can't do the thing that you want to do, find what that next best thing is. And to your point, do something uh, done is better than perfect. Take a chance, go out and make something happen in 2022. Let's make it happen, man. I love it. I love the message. Steve, tell folks where they can find out more about you and reach out to you with any questions or comments that they might have. Oh, sure. The easiest thing is steve at stevecesari.com. Uh, I'll answer your email. And again, I, I tell people one of the most influential things I did was take a Dale Carnegie course like 40 years ago. And the little book of golden rules is probably one of the best pieces of content that I still carry with me. If you email me at steve at stevesesari.com, I will send you a digital version of that little book of golden rules, which again, gives you some of the basic things on how to live a fulfilled life. So uh, again, that's the best way to contact me. And I answer all my emails, my stuff uh, myself, and I will get back to you if you reach out to me. Very cool, man. Steve, thank you so much. This has been an amazing episode and man, you're, you're so on point with everything that you're saying. And I appreciate you sharing that with us. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. I really appreciate everything that you've done here today. Thank you, Larry. God bless. And I hope you have the best year ever in 2022. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, everybody. This has been another awesome episode of the podcast. If you found some value in today's episode, do me a favor, man. Just hit subscribe. Subscribe to the show so I can bring you new content every Tuesday morning, 6 a.m. Central. I'm in Texas. We got to do it by Texas time. So hit that subscribe button and I'll talk to you next week. Thanks. You've just listened to You're the Boss with Larry Roberts. Join us for our next episode where we help you achieve your goals and live your absolute best life. Be sure to subscribe, connect, and share. Until next time, remember, you're the boss.